The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always reach out greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we're talking about scams. This is part two of a two-part series. Now, what got me started on this um, was that last week. And if you if you miss last week, it was, you know, a really great show. You can always, we're on the podcast, uh, so whatever platform you find podcasts, or you can always look at the Freedom 95 website. It's freedom95.us under the podcast link. But, I, you know, I was just frustrated <laughs> And more candidly, you know, the show is a platform uh, for me to communicate because I see the frustrations and the failure, failures and the malfeasance, if you will, of this. And so what kind of got it started, I was reading this article about melatonin and how they were just like, oh my gosh, melatonin is the worst and it's causing all of these brain-related issues and problems. And then when you dove down a little bit deeper, it was like, well, the study actually didn't separate melatonin to like prescribed sleeping pills or over-the-counter sleep aids. And so it's like they took this like small little subset and blew it into this thing. And I'm like, well, if I had the option, right, and I don't prescribe medication to people, I don't put you on it, I don't take you off of it. But if I was to speak for like, my mom, for example, if my mom came to me and said, hey, I'm having problems sleeping and I don't want to get to the root cause of why I'm not sleeping, <laughs> right? Because clearly it's my mom. I would figure out like, oh, do we have something that you're not producing enough melatonin? Is this like a, a tryptophan problem or is this like an intestinal health related issues? There's a reason why you're not sleeping well. Is this hormone imbalance? Anyways, so if we weren't going to get to the cause of the problem and she said, hey, I have two things that I could take. One is melatonin or another one is a prescribed sleep aid. You know, of course, in all regards, I would tell her the melatonin is a better of the two. But yet you've got these drug companies paying for these research studies. And even so, the research study didn't. So that's that's kind of how we got started. So I want to be able to dive down into the things that maybe we're just so accustomed to. Right. I talked about 
got milk, how you have to have milk for strong bones, scam. Um, But I want to dive down deeper and extrapolate more on that so that maybe something that seems mainstream and we've normalized as a society, how it absolutely is untrue and a boom, scam. Uh, That's what we're going to talk about today. So before all of that, let's talk about some news. Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's Health in the News... Food and drinks packaged for kids are higher in sugar and lower in nutrition, study says. So colorful labels and cartoons on packaging might be a good indicator that a snack isn't the most nutritious, according to a new study. Products with marketing that appealed to children were higher in sugar and lower in other nutrients, according to a study that was recently published in the Journal of P-L-O-S-1, which is the Public Library of Science. So the study looked at nearly 6,000 packaged foods to analyze their number of marketing strategies aimed at children and their nutritional information. There are products in our grocery stores that are very powerfully marketed and heavily targeted to children said the lead study author, Christine, Dr. Christine Mulligan. She's a postdoctoral researcher and research consultant in the Department of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Toronto in Canada. She said, unfortunately, we also found that these products are, more often than not, very unhealthy and of worse nutritional quality than products that aren't being promoted to children. Promoting to children is an appealing strategy for companies because kids will often grow up to be, quote, brand loyal adults, end quote, and keep coming back. Uh, It's coming from another Dr. Maya Adams, Director of Health Media Innovations and a clinical associate professor for the Department of Pediatrics at the Stanford School of Medicine. As adults around the world, we take extra precautions when it comes to our children. We buckle them into car seats, make sure that they wear helmets. But when it comes to packaged food, the food industry is doing the opposite, actually promoting less healthy foods to the most vulnerable members of society. And the problem might be even worse than the study shows. Mulgan noted that the study looks at only products in one point in time. We are likely underestimating just how much marketing children are exposed uh, to on food packages in real time. And the packaging is just one of the ways that food companies target children with food marketing. A large body of research shows that children are marketed these products from all sides, whether it be on a television or social media, at sport practices or community centers, even at school. Um, they said this is an important for readers to understand because seeing all of this marketing is impacting how children eat the poor dietary habits that kids are developing will carry moving forward throughout their lives and impact their health in the long term. 
and the governments will need to step in to regulate companies' ability to target children directly when marketing products that can harm their health, she added. These policies need to be strong and comprehensive so that they effectively protect children from these harmful marketing practices in all the places that kids live, eat, and play. It's clear that product packages are used by companies to market their products to children. This is why groups like Heart and Strokes are calling for inclusion of all types of marketing, not just television and digital media. But in the meantime, there are ways to change at home, starting with becoming more aware of the way that children are being exposed to advertising for products that could be harmful to their health. Um, They talk about how it's easier to cook at home. Um... This can also be a great opportunity to get children involved with family grocery shopping and help them learn about how to choose, make, and eat healthy and delicious foods. This is kind of interesting only because I'm kind of in the thick of this right now that, um, you know, if my kids watch something, it's being marketed to them. Have you ever noticed that, you know, the cereal that has all the superheroes and the whatever, it's eye level for kids at the grocery store? That is not by chance. That is by purpose. But I also see that, um, you know, we make decisions and we speak in aspects in my home about food that make us healthy and strong and things in moderation. So I would say we are probably like a 90-10. Like we are 90% really healthy and 10%, you know, I, I let my kids kind of veer outside of the box a little bit. Now there is there is regulation. Um you know, and there are some very like hard no's, but we talk about things like, for example, um, we went to a hockey game about a year ago ish, maybe give or take. And we were there with another family, and this dad bought all like, <laughs> they bought all the kids their own um, cotton candy. And so I went to the bathroom before I sat down, and when I came back down, like all the kids had their own cotton candy and we just don't eat a lot of sugar, you know? And, um, you know, at that point it was one where it was like, am I going to take it away and be like, no, it's not healthy for you. It's full of dyes. It's literally dyed synthetically flavored sponge sugar. Like that is what cotton candy is. Um, and I didn't, I let them eat it. And so I figured this was our 10%. And that evening, my oldest barfed you want to know, I can only imagine what his blood sugar probably was to, to be high enough to like physically make him vomit <sighs> but um I asked him the next morning I said well why like why do you think like what And he's like I don't know and I'm like well let's talk about what we ate beforehand like what decisions did we make did you eat food that makes you healthy or strong or not I'm like what did you eat and so we went through and kind of checked the box like is that an option that makes us healthy and strong and and he was like no and I said, well, one of two things, like maybe you shouldn't have eaten the whole thing or we just make like a decision differently for snacks moving forward. And a couple weeks or months later, I forget, we went to another hockey game and we're like, hey, let's get some snacks. I said, what do you want? And he said, mom, I will absolutely not get that cotton candy. <laughs> you know, and he'll ask, he'll be like, does this make me healthy and strong? Does this have added sugar in it? You know, and sometimes uh, we'll say yes, but it's this much or this is naturally. And he'd be like, well, can I just have one? And we're like, sure. You know, so it's, I think it's finding balance and making those decisions. But um, it's it's easier to highlight when they barf, you know, because then you're like, well, what 
choices did we make? And then what do we want to make that choice again? Or would we make a different choice moving forward? And you kind of direct and navigate through. And and so I feel like hopefully it's making an impact. You know, what was really cool. Uh, we were traveling this past weekend and um, I had snacks. And I said, what do you guys want for snacks? And their choices were apples, salty cucumbers. They love a little bit of salt on some cucumbers, oranges, and um, there were some like healthier versions of potato chips and they loved it and they ate it down, you know? And so it could have been um, honey buns or Kool-Aid. <laughs> my, my oldest was asking me the other day, he goes, um, mom, what is Kool-Aid? And I'm like, what's Kool-Aid? Like, Kool-Aid. I'm like, say it again. And I made him say it like four or five times and it made me figure out he was asking me what Kool-Aid was. <laughs> I guess we've never had Kool-Aid. What's Kool-Aid? I'm like, oh, Kool-Aid. He's like, you know, I'm like, well, we, we do like kind of a version of it, but just like a healthier version of it, you know? So, but anyways, it was one that was really funny and kind of eye-opening that we just don't do Kool-Aid in our house. They still get not, it's not like my kids just get water. We just make healthier decisions. So now when we come back, Someone might have told you that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I'll tell you the thoughts next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at Freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. It's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. I will say if you're listening right now and you have been a recent patient at our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, man, you guys are awesome. We have had some really, really spectacular humans, um, really awful spines, gosh, um, but like spectacular humans. It's just, you know, it's so, um, it's such a blessing and I'm so appreciative of this platform and then to see the lives that have been impacted because you've listened and took action. I always think it was so interesting when I first started. I'm like, would people really come in if I had like a radio show? And it's one that the more you learn and the more you trust, like there have been people who I have listened to or followed that that I do, that I trust them so much more. And, and I think it's just so odd because having that, 15 or 20 years ago might have been differently but I just want to say that I appreciate everyone who comes in and it's just really so great to meet all of you most of you are um normal 
<laughs> and an ounce of you are crazy. Which is funny because the crazy ones who do come in, um, you f- you'll fit right in. <laughs> now, back to what I believe, again, this is my belief, are big old scams, right? Like where we've been taught this, how we, so this is part two of a two-part series on health. And I, I wish I had like, you know, the stamp that's like void or evicted. Like I just want like a, like a scam stamp so if you hear me pounding that's my that's my that's my air stamp um we're gonna dive into breakfast being the most important meal of the day it is not by the way and you're gonna say but 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 correct and if you ever and here's the thing right no no more no more do better do better no more Learn more. What's the uh, learn more, do more, learn better, be better, whatever. It does. That's not important. So, um, but you probably because this is what I have to say. It you have probably listened to me and said you literally said that before, and I did. It came out of my mouth, and I will say, but I've learned better, do better. That's it. Learn better, do better. Uh, right. I've learned, <laughs> I've learned more. So now I'm going to do better. Um, and here's why. So here's, what's really interesting. Cause I, I dove down a little bit deeper. And again, if you didn't catch part one of the series, now is a really good time to either hop on one of your social media platforms or whatever platforms you get your podcast through maximize your life with Dr. Leanne, or you can go on to the freedom 95 website, freedom 95.us. But I I dove down deeper into like, why do we all think you cannot have strong bones unless you consume milk? Because even when I had kids, I was like, but I would do so, but I want you to have strong bones. Like, but I'm not, but milk is just what we've been taught to do, right? So I kind of did a deep dive into why that was even believed at all. And so I was trying to figure out like, why have we always thought that breakfast was the most important meal of the day? Are you ready for this? This is very, very interesting. So um, it has been for a very long time like that we've just gone into like three squares, the invention of the American meal. So there's actually a book that was written um, by Abigail Carroll in 2013. But it, she does break down about three squares, right? The invention of the American meals, three square meals a day. So they talked about how wealthier folks would eat what is now the traditional breakfast foods, eggs, pancakes. um, They would enjoy chicken, steak, oysters. So meals didn't look much different from the meals that were consumed in the afternoon and the evening. Breakfast in those days tended to be heavy on fats and meats. So people would experience different types of digestive issues. Which is why Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, not sure if that ring name rings a bell, uh, invented cornflakes in 1890s. He believed that it would be easy to digest and help soothe stomach ailments. Um, but obviously, cereal back in the late 1800s were very different from what you would see in our grocery stores now. So instead of having like fruity, chocolatey, frosted and sugary cereal, it was bland and it was built more as like a health food. 
with support from the doctor's claims, right, because he was a doctor, around this new food category, it didn't take long for cereal and other, quote, gentle foods, right, like gentle foods to take off. So about a decade after the flakes debuted, there was more than 100 cereal factories in Kellogg's hometown in Michigan. Um, Kellogg aggressively worked his superpowers as a trusted physician and a crafty marketer. So in many ways, the breakfast is the most important meal of the day because it's a meal that gets it started, right? Um, if you don't know breakfast, it's to break the fast of sleeping. So anyways, uh, so there was an article that was posted in Good Health in 1917, uh, kind of identified as one of the oldest health magazines in the world. The magazine was edited by, you might have been able to guess it, Kellogg himself. The article stressed how important it was for breakfast food to be easily digestible and low in calories. And of course, his cereal fit that bill. The fire was lit and it only continued to burn. So here's again, very interesting. C.W. Post, the founder of what's now called Post Cereal, who happened to be a patient of Kellogg's, invented grape nuts. Post's spread of the gospel around cereal, um, they told, I mean, they literally talked about the health benefits of cereal, um, including claims that it could cure anything from malaria to appendicitis. So in the early half of the 1900s, cereal companies began to start fortifying their products with vitamins, which added more uh, substance behind the, you know, like health claim. It's the most important meal of the day. Um, but it wasn't until the, in 1944 that breakfast was solidified as kind of the most important meal. Um, the claims can be tracked due to a marketing campaign for grape nuts called Eat a Good Breakfast, Do a Better Job which included promotional pamphlets that were distributed throughout grocery stores, ads on the radio, speakers who announced nutrition experts say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So for more than 70 years, we've passed breakfast ultimate campaign, right? As quote, the most important meal of the day. Um, breakfast does look a lot different now. I am in the breakfast out. <laughs> um, and it would, you know, we've got toaster strudels and bagels with sugary cream cheese. And, you know, we have Pop-Tarts and we have this cereal that literally you might look at the um, nutrition label and think, well, that's not that's not too bad, right? We've got all of these extra vitamins. It is fortified, which means that it is void of almost everything and then they're like well this doesn't really look that great on the label so what we are going to do is we're going to fortify it we're going to add synthetic vitamins to it so then that way it can actually look a little bit more like a you know health food <sighs> yep um so that's where one breakfast had changed number two the thought process that what I had talked about is that when you went through longer periods of time without eating, that it would slow your immune or your not immune system, your metabolism. 
right? So the thought process was, was that your body would go into starvation mode and that it would hold on to everything that it had. So that's where the like, you know, five or six small meals a day came in because it was where you were constantly like stimulating your metabolism and, you know, kickstarting your metabolism. But again, 15 years ago, the amount of research that would actually had on intermittent fasting was also exponentially less. Because when you look at the research that comes to support intermittent fasting for glucose metabolism, weight loss, all of those aspects. So there was actually a published study in the BMJ, the British Medical Journal. Uh, and it suggests more that all meals are created equal and there's no good evidence to, to support the idea that eating breakfast promotes weight loss um, or that skipping breakfast leads to weight gain. And they also said the research also supported that uh, you don't have to eat a good breakfast in order to set you up for the day and it won't stop you from getting hangry later in the afternoon. So a co-author of this study um, actually wrote that, quote, we found that breakfast is not the most important time of the day to eat, even though that belief is really entrenched in our society and around the world. If you eat breakfast, you won't metabolize your food better and you may stay still be hungry later on. If a person's trying to lose weight and manage their calorie intake, there's no evidence that changes their dietary plan to eat breakfast will help them. So, and you're like, why is it entrenched? And you're like, because these doctors use their doctor platform to talk about, you know, why breakfast is the most important meal of the day because Kellogg and Post, <laughs> you know, good for them. I'll tell you what. Um, and then here was, here was another really uh, interesting one. There was a study conducted um, by Monash University, used evidence from 13 randomized controlled trials in developing country, U.S., U.K., Australia, New Zealand, Japan, over 28 years to determine the effect of regularly eating breakfast on weight change and daily energy intake. It found that the daily energy intake was higher in groups who ate breakfast compared to those who skipped by an average of 260, regardless of their usual breakfast habits. Um, participants who skipped breakfast were also 0.4 kilograms lighter on average. The effect of breakfast on weight did not differ between people with a normal weight and those who were overweight. There was no significant difference in metabolic rate between breakfast eaters and skippers. So that thought process, and again, what I even shared was always that, like, hey, it, it, this was what you need for your metabolic rates to stay high. And this tells you that's 100% not true. Um, they talk about how there's nothing protective about having a pastry just because you eat it in the morning. It has the same impact on your calorie intake if you have it for breakfast as though you have it for 4 p.m., right? And so I personally do intermittent fasting. And so that's one, depending on the day, it might be between noon and one o'clock before I have my first meal. Now, that being said, I can't say I, I do it all the day. We, like I said, we were traveling and there was some really good, clean, um, healthy breakfast. And I was like, I'm going to have some of this. You know, it's not like I feel bad about it. Um, but there's other times like throughout the week that especially with, I don't do breakfast. 
Um, so it's just one aspect. There, there are definitely people who have just been, but that's always my question when people are like, no, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And I, you know, the answer is says who and why? Because all the thought process, if you have a doctor who's still telling you breakfast is the most important meal of the day, I mean, that article was published a couple years ago. So it's probably information that they're still holding on to from, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago, if they're not fully entrenched and willing to continue to keep navigating through the new and updated research that's come out about the human body. It's always shifting and and managing. And so it's just making sure that we educate ourselves. So that breakfast is the most important meal of the day earns the stamp of scam. Now, when we come back, that's just my normal headache. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we are talking about scams. And again, this is one, this is my show, you want because it's called Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. So this is also my opinion. So if you're like, I don't really agree with you, that's cool. You don't have to. But here we are. <laughs> so we are talking about scams. What I believe that we have somehow throughout society have normalized. But in reality, when you look at it, it 100% is not okay. And we have to make changes and we can't acknowledge that we need to make a change until we acknowledge that there might be something that is not, is nonsensical, if you will. <laughs> like, so one I would like to talk about is your normal headache. I, okay, so more candidly, I just have in my life, I've experienced back pain before. I've experienced neck pain before. I have never been one who really has a lot of headaches. When I was pregnant, um, I had gotten a migraine and I remember just getting adjusted over and over and over again. And like that's not – it was pregnancy and, you know, hormones are like all over the place. But I thought, goodness, I cannot believe people live their life like this. And in all reality, that headache was probably – like on my Richter scale for headaches was probably like an 8 out of 10 um, for the average person who experiences them more often – I would assume is likely closer to like a one or two out of 10. <laughs> if we're being honest, it's just when I was really surprised. I'm like, oh my goodness. 
But this is what I see so often because I will, um, you know, all of our doctors in the office are wonderful and we all do all the things. So doctors in our office do initial exams, they get adjusted, they do re-exam and re-x-rays. Um, but what was really interesting is that people are like, yeah, I have migraines. And I'm like, well, how often do you get migraines? They're like, migraines are my normal headaches. And I'm like, mm, let's start with the migraines, but then we will digress into your quote normal headaches. And they're like, yeah, I have like a low lying headache almost every single day. I'm like, this is just your normal, huh? And they're like, yeah, when it gets really bad. And they do all the things. They're like, oh, my gosh. Yep, I, um, I, uh, you know, it's the pillow. It's definitely a pillow problem. Let's just, let's just change my pillow. And then they change the pillow and they're like, it's a little bit better, but it's still there. By the way, if you thought, oh, my gosh, she's right. Um, if your back is hurting right now, your new mattress isn't going to fix your back pain. It might lessen it for a little bit, but it's probably not the cause. Your bad pillow and your bad mattress are probably just exacerbating something else that's underlying. It's not really the cause. But, boom. You're like, oh my gosh, you might have hurt my feelings. But it's the truth, right? Like if you've lost the curvature, you have a reverse curve, or you have degeneration, it's just poking it under, it's poking the bear, right? Just poking the bear. So that's kind of where we have to like sit down and evaluate like why or the ugh, I get this a lot with females and I you know I can say this because I am a female and I go through these is that people are like yes I just get a headache like every time I go through my cycle right and I'm like hmm and they're like yep just normal like you know two days before I start my cycle I get a headache or like the day I start my cycle I get a headache and I'm like really and they're like yeah just like the normal headache I get with my cycle and I'm like can we stop saying normal like headaches might be common lots of people might have them you as an individual might have them but it is not normal where did we what's I don't even there's nothing I can even like search on the internet to find like where did we think that headaches are common and I don't know if it's just because there's a uh ready availability to over-the-counter pain medications that were like oh headache OTC headache OTC headache OTC and we're like fixes it now till it comes back the next time and it's like did it get rid of it or did it just mask the symptoms it's just one that's like and here's my other question too is that I can put a hundred different women in a room and maybe five of them get quote normal headaches with their cycle but then how come the other nine ninety some I forgot what number is whatever like nine like the remaining portion of the 90 plus um like how come they don't get headaches when they have that cycle because the hormonal changes should all be the same right like you start your cycle progesterone drops you have estrogen and um estrogen that drops as well and then as you ovulate like before ovulation you're your luteinizing stimulating hormone increases you ovulate it increases your progesterone and estrogen that stays rise unless you conceived if you don't conceive it drops if you if you have conceived that progesterone should stay elevated right so like all of that hormonal cycle is not like a oh yours your progesterone should actually be high on your first half of your cycle because that's just not how it is even if you have an abnormal cycle the way a cycle in a human body a female human body is is what i just explained that's every time 
And so though you might have some hormonal imbalances, and I can understand that, but then that means that there's something else underlying causing those headaches, right? Because not all women who, if you have PCOS or irregular cycles or those things, not all of them still get headaches during their cycle. So there, there has to be something else underlying going on. But because getting to the root cause of the problem is more time, it's more energy, it's more action, what we have done is we have just normalized it. It's my normal headache. I just, oh, it's just like normal for me. And you're like, it's, that's, you should never have that. Oh yeah, I just slept funny. It's like my normal headache. Usually what happens is I'll do some icy hot and a hot shower and I'll stretch for a little bit, take a couple Tylenol or ibuprofen. It goes away in a couple days. And you're like, but then a month or two later, guess what happens? It comes right back. And all the while, the root cause of the problem is still there. Degeneration is still progressing, you know, but we're like, oh, but if a Tylenol takes care of it, I'm like, I can't even give you like an in-depth or an in-detail reason of why other than we've just made it so it's really easy to take uh, an NSAID (laughs) we don't feel it it doesn't get rid of it we just don't feel it as much and until it lessens we pay attention to it more again when it happens and you're like when does that cycle of insanity stop right they say like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results and it's like at what point do you realize that this isn't something that's going to go away on its own. Stretching and strengthening isn't going to be the solve. Your new pillow, your, right, like those aren't going to get rid of your headaches. I always imagine this too. I go to the dentist regularly. My kids go to the dentist regularly. <laughs> imagine, and don't even use yourself, right? Like imagine if like your spouse or your, your you have a child who came up and said, Hey, mom, I got a toothache. And you're like, just take a little bit of Tylenol. And then a month later, like, mom, my tooth's really hurting again. And they're like, oh, let's try some uh, ibuprofen this time. And then that goes on, right? For six months, a year, a year of your tooth hurting, your kid's tooth hurting. And then you're like, ah, I mean, maybe now we should get it checked out. And you go in and the dentist says, hey, how long have you had this toothache for? How long is how long has your child had this toothache for? And you're like, oh, yeah, they've had it on and off for a year. What do you think that dentist would tell you? Why did you let it go this long? Why have you ignored your body's ability to tell you that there is something problematic happening? And you're like, I wouldn't like if my kid came to me and said, mom, I had a toothache, right? Like we always give it a day or two, give it like a good old college try, drink some extra water, go to bed early, you know, and in a day or two, if that didn't work, I would schedule a time for my child to go into the dentist off schedule of their regular cleaning to see what was going on because I would acknowledge that something was problematic with that pain. But yet somehow when we take that tooth pain and we just like upwardly shove it into our head, we're like, oh, it's totally normal, right? Living like this for years. Like how, how, what kind of scam is that? And you're like, don't see a chiropractor. You see him once, you got to see him for the rest of your life. And you're like, but you'll live with a headache on and off, normal headache, low lying with migraines here or there tossed in because you ignored the low level headache that you've had for the last three years that now they're cycling into migraines. But that's totally normal. That's not a scam. Like where where do we ever, like I just can't wrap my brain around the fact that we have somehow normalized this in society. Like it just, it just blows my mind. Your body is actively trying to tell you there's something going on. And we're just like, oh, it's just my normal headache. That, my friends, earns the big 
fat stamp of scam. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family, chiropractic.com. So, okay, listen, let's talk about this. Hi, I would like to get my headache checked out. Great. Go online right now, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Schedule an initial exam, right? Just because you come in doesn't mean you have to be a patient. Just because you come in, we might say, hey, neurologically, this sounds like it's something out of our wheelhouse. Like, let's refer you out. Let's get an MRI. Let's look at if something neurological seems a bit askew. Maybe a CT scan is more in order. If you need to be referred out, believe me, I don't have a, I don't have a qualm doing that. Are, are your symptoms something that is subluxation structural related or is this something that warrants additional viewpoints from other practitioners or other additional testing, right? Like that is why we are educated as doctors to be able to do just that. Okay, now back to my next and final scam of our two-part series. Uh, now, this is going to be a little bit shocking to some of you when I tell you that my next scam is supplements, <laughs> right? Because you're like, literally, you talk about supplements all the time. I do. But I will say that when doctors say, hey, we want you off all of your supplements before surgery. And they're like, why? And you're like, because you don't really know what's in it. And that is true. It is 100% true. Now, here's the caveat when you're like, I feel like this is a trick. It is 100%. Not all supplements are created equal. So when you try to go to these big box stores and you're like, well, I can get some vitamin D for $10 and yours is 20. I think it was like 18. And you're like, so you could save $8. And you're like, are you saving $8 though? Because what is in your supplements? They are 100% unregulated if and only if there are certain certifications that can be had, right? So let's start here. This stems back to a couple of years ago. The New York State um, actually pulled store brand herbal supplements off of the shelves of four major retailers following DNA tests that found little or none of the listed herbs, right? So when you go in, the four major retailers were Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and GNC. They went in and said, hey, you know what we're going to do? Attorney General sent letters to these manufacturers, um, demanding detailed ingredient and quality control information on every herbal supplement that they they sold in New York State. Um, none of the companies initially responded to the request for comments. Um, but here's what they did. They did DNA barcoding test um, commissioned by the New York State's Attorney General on popular herbal supplements. So four out of the five bottles tested contained none, 0% of the herb on the label. So when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm taking, um, let's say, echinacea for my cold. And people are like, echinacea doesn't work. Well, maybe you're right. Because how much echinacea is really in there? And this said, majority of them had none. So they looked at like St. John's wort, uh, ginkgo biloba. So many times people are like, well, I took them and it didn't work. Well, that very well could be true, right? Because... There are so many misleading um, statements on there. So they even said, hey, this is free of 
Um, it's gluten-free and it's dairy-free and it's, um, what else? Like common allergen-free. And they found that they were full of those things. Some of them were no more than just common houseplants. So when your doctor says, hey, you can take supplements, but I don't really believe in them. They're kind of a scam. He's not wrong. And then this is also one where there is serious public health consequences. Um, When you look back to like the 2013 hepatitis outbreak traced to um, tainted dietary supplements and a death of a baby at a kinetic hospital after doctors gave the child a probiotic supplement that was later found to contain uh, contaminated with yeast. Right. So when you're like, oh, my gosh, supplements are a scam. Yes, they 100 percent can be. But this is one where not all supplements are created equal. So like, for example, anything that you see on our shelf at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is GMP or NSF certified. GMP or NSF certified. So what does that mean? So basically, GMP is a regulatory compliance So GMP certification and registration provides consumers and retailers with assurance that your product is manufactured utilizing industry best practices. So they look at ensuring um, the uh, ingredients. So they look at not only like the packaging, they look at um, the standard in terms of retailer quality for vitamins themselves. They do testing before, during, and after, right? So if if our product says, hey, we have 400 milligrams of blank, you better believe that there's 400 milligrams of blank. I'll never forget. Oh my gosh. It was probably a couple years back now. We didn't have multivitamins forever. When I tell you forever, it was probably upwards of like four or five months we were out. I was frustrated, patients were frustrated, and rightfully so at that. So um, what what I had realized is that, because when I finally reached out, I'm like, what is going on? Because at this point, like, this is, um, this is not right. Like, what, where are we at with this? And there wasn't a good quality, clean source of vitamin K. And so in my, like, frustrated brain, I thought, just put it in without the vitamin k like literally no one is going to notice if they do one month without vitamin k like it is fine it's not that big of a deal (laughs) but you know that's one where gmp audits like they literally will go in whenever they choose to ensure that the facility is up to date for regulatory inspections that the audits look at quality and quantity in terms of product safety and efficacy they look at the commitments to uh ensuring and so even one of these that like if you looked at gosh you've got all of these outbreaks from hepatitis like had you done quality control testing gmp or nsf a certification um would have been able to catch that and so i stand because when we when i do functional medicine testing on individuals they'll say okay well I'm just gonna go grab this stuff like I can grab it from here and I say that is 100% fine though that being said following retest I will not be able to give you direction on what to do next right if we have a functional medicine test that says you need an increase of x y and z and then we might do a follow-up and it might say hey you still need to increase x y and z it's like is there more of a need from the body or is what you're taking no more than common house plants that have zero bioactive ingredients in it right like so in that in that aspect it's just a really simple way when it's like 
what are you taking? And so when people say, well, I got it from this thing, the first thing people say, what do you think of the supplement, right? People bring in their supplements very, very often. What do you think of the supplement? And the first thing that I always ask is, is it GMP or NSF certified? And if the answer is no, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to look at the label, good or bad. What is in there has zero. And people will say, oh, we are third party tested. Well, I can I can make something in my basement. I can put on there that it's gluten free, dairy free, blah, 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 free, you know, nut tree, dairy, allergen free. I can put that. I can write. It's third party tested. I can put it there. Right. Like my, my husband took it back on the lab and tested it. Right. That's a third party. You know, but that's but GMP or NSF certified because it, there's, it makes zero, zero point to look at the remaining parts of the ingredients if we don't know for certain that it is accredited from a larger company, GMP or NSF certification. So those are ones. Oh, and be careful about this, too, because they say we follow. I make patients do this now. But when I first started doing this, I would reach out to companies. The frustration level is immense. And I would say, hey, are you GMP or NSF certified? And they would message back and say, we follow GMP processing protocols. I'm like, well, you didn't say yes or no. Like, are you GMP certified? We follow GMP NSF practices. So really, the answer is no, you're not certified. Because if you were, you would say, yes, we are GMP certified. We pay extra for this. We stand behind the quality of our supplements. Nope. We follow GMP practices. So oh boy you know it's just looking so yes dietary supplements can be a scam if you're not doing the proper ones with the proper certifications now when you fall in that line that is scam free there are so many health benefits that come from filling in nutritional gaps Um, but if you're not actively working on doing that and you just want to choose the cheapest one that's probably what you're getting the cheapest quality supplement so buyer beware So we appreciate all your time. Again, if you want to schedule a new patient appointment for you or your loved one with those, quote, normal headaches, give us a call. 317-893-2853-317-893-2853, GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on. 